0: Hey, this morning we're going to be in uh, John chapter 6 again. And uh, this long chapter we've been going through for the last few weeks, uh, perhaps even two months uh, almost. But we're going to finish reading what Jesus has to say to the to the crowds after His feeding of the 5,000. We'll be in verse 35 of John chapter 6. And I'll read all the way down to verse uh, 59. So if you have your Bible, please follow along with me. But otherwise, you can listen to the reading. Verse 35 of John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about Him, because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does He now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us this morning. Father, we thank you so much for this time that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, for drawing every one of us uh, to gather together in this place this morning. And uh, as we come to your word now, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us. We ask, Lord, that you would be pleased in your infinite grace and mercy to, to be near to every one of us, to open our hearts and to give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, we confess that without you and apart from your help, we are so blind and deaf and dead to you that we cannot perceive or hear anything that is true that comes from you but with you lord all things are possible and if you so please we will hear your word and in hearing your word we will have life so lord would you be pleased to speak to us we are so dependent upon you and in your sovereign power we so need your working in our hearts be with us lord speak to us through your word Help us to hear what you have to say. Speak through me this morning, Lord, uh, and let me speak what is true and what is from your word. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now in this passage, we're getting to the end of what Jesus uh, teaches in Capernaum, we read. And he's teaching the crowds who have followed after him after he feeds the 5,000. And if you're wondering, what is the main point that Jesus is trying to get across? To these people you can refer to verse 35 which we started reading this morning That's really the, the main point that Jesus is trying to make them you can imagine the scene he's there talking to thousands and thousands of people Jesus looks at them and says I am the bread of life whoever eats this bread whoever comes to me will never hunger whoever believes in me shall never thirst That's really the main point of what Jesus is trying to say. And even in the feeding of 5,000 people miraculously, providing bread and fish, all of that was to point forwards to Him being the true spiritual bread that gives eternal life. That's what we considered uh, last time we looked at John chapter 6. But now we get to this passage and Jesus immediately from verse 36 onwards, starts talking about something that is really quite a mystery to all of us. Because Jesus is not naive. He doesn't doesn't, misunderstand. He knows very well that within that crowd, there are multitudes who do not believe what He has to say. And even today we know for a fact that billions of people, if they hear Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Everyone must come to me for eternal life. They hear that and they do not believe. Either they willfully refuse or perhaps out of their own ignorance, do not think it's something important or do not think it's truth. And so they do not believe and receive what Jesus has to say. And Jesus is not naive. He certainly knows this. In fact, at the end of chapter 6, we read that many of His disciples, perhaps everybody except the 12 closest to Him, left Him and went away from Him. Jesus is not naive. He actually says to them, you have seen me. See there in verse 36. You have seen me. You've heard me. You know what I've done. You're right there in front of me. And he says, I say to you, you do not believe. And Jesus himself actually gives the reason for their unbelief. And I don't know if you guys have ever wondered, what, what, why is it that so many people refuse to believe in Jesus Christ? Especially if you're a Christian. And you've tasted of how wonderful and how good it is to know Jesus, your Savior, who loves you, who died for you. You're kind of thinking to yourself, how can this guy not get it? You know, it's like when you put together a puzzle, or you put together a riddle, you think, wow, the answer was so simple. It was right in front of me. How can other people not understand? And perhaps, especially if you're married and you're arguing with your spouse, something that seems so clear to you, you're just thinking, how come my wife doesn't get this? Come on. It's so obvious. I'm totally right. You know, we wonder, why do people refuse to believe in Jesus when to those who do know Him, He's so infinitely sweet. He's so wonderful. He's so so amazing. How can people not believe in Him? And Jesus gives the definitive and the ultimate answer. And this, this might blow your mind and blow your socks off. Listen to what He says here in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And he gives that as the reason for them not believing. And I hope you see the connection. He says, you don't believe because everyone whom the Father gives to me, they'll come to me. And what he's implying is that if you do not come to me, if you refuse to believe in me, what that shows is that the Father has not given you to and because the Father has not given you to me, you won't ever come to me. In fact, the idea there is that you cannot come to me. And in fact, all throughout this passage, Jesus says in, in many different ways, He talks about you know this group of people that God the Father gives to God the Son. He also talks about God the Father drawing people. He says, unless the Father who sent me draws you you cannot come to me. You cannot believe in me unless the Father who sent me, God Himself, draws you to me. What's Jesus saying? He's saying that unless God grants it to a person, unless God has set His grace and love and has chosen that person, they cannot come to Jesus Christ. They cannot receive Him. As the bread of life and partake of that bread and so have eternal life now why why is this so important for us to understand you know so many people this is how they think about Jesus this is what they think about God they think that they themselves are a Lord in their castle perhaps the castle of their life they say I control my life I do whatever I want with my life I am the Lord of my castle and suddenly Perhaps they go to church or they hear a friend talk about Jesus. And the feeling they get is this, wow, this Jesus person sounds like a beggar at my door. Pounding on the door saying, let me into your life. And they think to themselves, I can choose to let him in whenever I want. I can choose to believe in Jesus after I've lived 50 years doing whatever I want. And then perhaps I'll believe in him at the end just to get into heaven. And the picture they have is that they are the Lord in the castle. And Jesus is the one who desperately needs them to respond to Him. Nothing could be further from the truth. This passage, the picture that it gives to us is the very opposite. You know, we are the beggars. Every single human being is so lost, so dead in their separation from God. They don't even know that they are perishing for want of bread. They are that beggar who has been hungry for so long, they don't even feel their hunger anymore. They're numb to it. And they are on the brink of eternal death, and they do not even know it. That is what every human being is like, that beggar on the street. And do you know what God is like? Do you know what Jesus is like? He is the King who gives out bread out of pity and compassion for beggars like us. And if the King should pass by, And we continue to insult Him and to spit on Him. Who could blame the King for refusing to grant his mercy? You see, the picture that is painted here is that every human being is so utterly dependent on God and His sovereign grace and His power and mercy and love, not the other way around. God is not waiting at the door for us to open to Him. We are the ones who need to go to Him and fall at His feet, crying out for mercy, asking Him for grace, begging Him for bread. We are the ones who are needy. See, the picture here is we are so lost unless God does something. We cannot even come to Jesus and recognize that we need Him. So many billions in this world are so blind to the state of their spiritual life, their spiritual death and decay. They don't even know that they need help, that they need a Savior, that they need God to save them and rescue them from the death that they are plunging towards. And so Jesus gives them this picture to the crowds. Jesus is not a Savior who has failed to save His people. God is not a God who has failed to rescue those whom He meant to rescue. Those whom God has chosen to rescue, He will most definitely rescue. Isn't that what Jesus says here? Those whom the Father has given Me, those whom the Father draws to Me, they will come to Me. They will believe in Me and they will receive eternal life. And when we consider this, I mean, one of the, the most natural questions that rises up within, especially if, you've, if you have any sense of the truth of what Jesus said, you will be asking this question. Well, how do we know that I am one of those people? How can I know that, that I or perhaps my family or my friends are one of those whom God has drawn to Jesus? I mean, when we, when we think about what Jesus says here, if you're one of His people, Think of the security that is there. The way that Jesus speaks about it. Those whom God the Father has given me, they will come to me. And repeat it three times. I will raise them up. They will have eternal life. They will never hunger. They will never thirst. They will have eternal blessedness with me. They will have all of those. I mean, that is that is God's promise of certainty. Assurance that all those whom has been given to the Son, shall have that eternal security. So the question we ask is, how do we know? And you know, we almost wish that God would open up His book of life, maybe put it onto a Google engine so we can just Google search, Hanli Liu, born 1993. Is he in the book of life? Can I, can I just check? You know, we wish that there was a search engine or some way that we could consult that book of life that God has in which He has written down the name of every one of His people. But the reality is, we we don't know. And the reality is, none of us has access to that book. The leaders of the church certainly don't have access to that book. People who have studied the Bible all their lives, they won't have access to that book. But in this passage, Jesus actually gives one sure sign and evidence. Uh, uh, something that points to the eternal reality of being chosen by God. And what He gives is simply this, repeated all throughout this passage, and we see all throughout the Bible. Jesus says, whoever has been given to Me, they will come to Me. They will believe in Me. They will, and He says in this almost vulgar way at the end of this passage to the crowds, they will eat My flesh. And drink my blood they will abide in me and I in them along with the father those are all different ways to describe the same thing Jesus says the surest sign the only sign that any man or woman or child has been drawn by the father to Jesus Christ that they can receive the certainty and assurance of eternal salvation is this that they have genuine faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice when Jesus uses that you know almost vulgar way of saying eating his flesh, drinking his blood. He's referring to his his most embarrassing crucifixion on the cross. He's referring to all all the details of the good news that has been brought to us. That he is crucified for our sins. That he was risen from the grave. Everything those who are drawn to Him will receive and believe and trust in the whole counsel of God that has been given. And in fact, if you take that idea of, of eating and drinking, you know when you, when you eat food, when you drink water or some kind of drink, you're really putting a lot of trust in that food. If it says rat poison, nobody's going to eat it because they know that's going to harm me. When we eat food, we have that implicit trust that this food will be good for me. That it's going to satisfy me and take away my hunger. That it's going to give me the nutrition I need to keep on living. That's really the idea of faith in Jesus Christ. One who genuinely trusts in Him, looks to Him alone as that true food that they need to live. And they rely entirely upon Him. It is His flesh His blood that will grant me life. It is Jesus Christ alone that I rely on, that I take into myself and embrace is that which will give me life. Now don't miss this, because so many can be mistaken in thinking, what is the evidence of me being God's people, me being a part of God's people? It must be that I go to church every Sunday. It must be that I try to do the right things as much as I can. It must be that I give hundreds of thousands of dollars to the church. It must be that I try so hard to be a good Christian. All of those things is not what Jesus has said. The one thing that He has given to us in this passage is faith. Genuine, complete, wholehearted trust in all that He is. And everything that He says and everything that the Bible testifies to us that He is, true faith receives all of it. And true faith says to itself, Jesus Christ is all that I have. Apart from Him, there is nothing that I can rely on. But if I have Him, I have everything. You see that the logical progression there. That all those who have that evidence of faith within themselves... There is an encouragement that God was the one who worked in your heart first. That God the Father was the one who drew you to Jesus. Who drew you to His Son so that you could believe in the first place. And what that means for us, all of us who who believe on Him, the only natural response that we have, the, the appropriate reaction is praise. It's worship. It's thanksgiving to God. Could any Christian boast of their salvation? Could any believer say to themselves, It is because I am wise and I have done my research that I have believed on Jesus. And therefore, God can have 99% of the glory, but surely I deserve 1%. No, the picture allows none of that. There is no room for human boasting. If any of you believe this morning, it is due only to the grace of God in your life. And you had no part to play in it. You merely were drawn and made alive by the power of God, sovereignly working in your heart. And because of that, your only appropriate reaction to Him is praise. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me the spread of life, for giving me yourself. Your response is thanksgiving. And your life is meant to be lived out of that, that point of worship. And praise but you know the one thing you must not do and this especially if you feel within your heart that you do not have that genuine faith in the Lord Jesus the one thing we cannot do is take this truth of God's election of God's choosing a people to himself and use it as an excuse to continue to refuse Jesus take it as an excuse to put the blame at God's feet and to say to God well if you haven't done this then I'm not obligated to believe as if God was the one who would lose out if you refused to believe in Jesus Our deepest need is to know the state of our souls apart from the grace of God we are in such utter need of his grace and the appropriate response to you. If this morning, if this morning, God has granted you the mercy to know that within your heart there is perhaps not genuine faith, if you feel not this complete trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your appropriate reaction must be to cry out to Him, to go and throw yourself at His feet. Ask Him for mercy. You are a beggar minutes away from dying of starvation and the king is walking down your street cry out to him for bread ask him for mercy go to him for grace you must do that it is your only hope and the wonderful assurances that you have of approaching the king Is that all throughout His Word, we see the testimony that He is a good King. He is filled with love and compassion and mercy for His enemies, for those who have rejected Him. You go to Him. You trust in what He has revealed to us, that He is a good King, who is willing to forgive your lifetime of rebellion and grant you eternal blessing through the death and the resurrection of His own Son. You go to Him. And you ask Him for mercy. That is the only thing you can do. If you feel within your heart that there is no trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you feel that you have not tasted of that bread of life. You must go to Him. You must go to Him. Let's pray now. Father, we thank You so much for this passage. Lord, we, we recognize that the picture that is given to us is that humanity is not in the center. We're not in a high and mighty place. We are those beggars who desperately need your help. We are those beggars who desperately need your grace. And Father, we are so thankful that you are a God of infinite love, infinite compassion, infinite mercy. That even though we as a, as a human race have rejected you, you have seen fit, Lord, to give life, and to grant mercy to those whom You have chosen to Yourself. We thank You for the wonderful encouragement and assurance that all who have genuine faith in You can be encouraged that that work was started and begun by You. And those who continue to trust in the Lord Jesus can be assured that they will be raised on that final day to be with You in eternal blessed fellowship oh lord we pray that you would put in our hearts a heart of thanksgiving a heart of praise for your wonderful work of grace help all of us lord who genuinely know you to live out of that place of thanksgiving and glad worship Let all of our lives be lived out of that place of praise and for those of us who do not know you lord would you be merciful to them would you be pleased in your infinite love to open their heart to you And to help them to know you so that they might have life through faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray all of these things in his name.